Hurry, hurry up. I have good news to tell you. All right, hold your horses. What's up? What's up? Well, I just want to tell you that me and Kaylee adopted a cat this weekend. Oh, yes, yes. We did, man. Uh, his name is Belly. He's six years old. and Belly. 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 I have... I don't have many names for him, but Billy the Dude is his first nickname <laughs> in the, the house. And uh, he's a black cat, beautiful cat, man, a lot of fur on. But what I want to say is he has been living in another couple for like six years in the house. Mm -hmm. And uh, w they were like, we cannot have him anymore. We're going to bring him to a shelter. And does anyone want to have him? And we said, yes, we want to have him. They still went and with the cat to the shelter. So Kayla had to go to the shelter and, you know, adopt the cat. But he was so terrified. He was so afraid. And it took like two and a half hours to get him out of there. Like out really, of the shelter? Yeah, like really uh -huh. long time. And it was a very beautiful moment, man. When she came home with him, we went to the bathroom, opened the box up. And he kind of popped his head out of the box, <laughs> he kind of popped his head out, looked around, and it was so calm, right? It was like no sound at all in that room. And he looked around curious, very curious, and then stepped out and started to uh, kind of like, yeah, we kind of started to get to know each other, you know? Yeah. And we've been having the cat for like two, three, two days now. And uh, he just hides under the bed. So has <laughs> <laughs> his own hidden spot there. But he will eventually get used to to it. Yeah. But he's in peace here, you know? Good. That's he's nice. in peace. Well, what's up with you, man? Oh, nothing much, man. Just uh, getting through school. I'm excited this coming weekend because uh, we have a break with our girls because of their spring break and such. So then yeah. no games, no games next weekend. Uh, so I'm going to take that time. I'm going to visit my friends at Mercer. Fun. Yeah, probably the last time fun. before they graduate. So okay. it'll be a lot of fun. I can't I wait. Mean, I mean, it's uh, we have a weekend off, so why not? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Take that time and exactly. meet your friends. We had a game. We had two games. Yeah, but we had, yeah, we had one game was 9v9 and um, with the girls this weekend. And, and we lost. Yeah. We lost and it happens. We don't pay too much attention that they lost but what are the things that you notice in that game um i still think they're getting used to it. they played i don't remember if we talked about it on a podcast before but once they played this is their second time playing 9v9 yeah and the first time a couple weeks ago they were so good they that really so good. really impressed me i was real proud of them i mean that game was something else it was really something else uh but i could tell that they're still kind of getting used to the yeah. slightly bigger field uh, slightly more fewer people or sorry more people on the True. on the field different formation and such uh, so they're still kind of getting used to that also I'd say the other team they played not bad not a bad team but they were definitely very physical they went for the ball yeah not like they didn't necessarily foul all the time but uh, they definitely were aggressive and I think that's something that our girls need to pick up on to be a True. bit more aggressive True. we also gave four girls from the premiere yeah a chance to come up to the elite team, uh, to the first team to kind of show 
their skills and yeah. what they can do. Yeah, these are girls and, that have been doing well in practices right, lately. So right. Really working hard. There's some girls that couldn't be in this game from the lead, so we decided to go ahead and give them the chance then take from a, you know, a upper team or something like yeah. that, right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the first time we played Navi 9 man, they were having a lot of passes, a lot of a movement. Lot. Oh, yeah. They were... It was beautiful. They were also playing to a team one age group above That's them. Right. yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and there was... Our team is, is U10. Uh, our U11s drew against this team 0-0. So we came, you know, we were one group younger, yeah, right? Yeah, And we scored. And I, I remember, I was like, I was like, I just... I just ran and I was squeaking, yo, I don't know, I got so happy to see it. And then, you know, you see all the girls be, being so happy too. It was like, wow, you know, it's like the practice, what we do in practice is, this is the really proof. came off, yeah. But this weekend, you could tell that uh, we didn't really have the positions right. They didn't really exactly know where to start and like how to make the runs in one way, right? But... They are very sensitive to mistakes. You can tell, like, when someone makes a mistake that they really start, you know, some may even cry. I mean, that happens. Yeah. And some just looks down and and really feels like they have been doing something really bad mistakes. And you know, usually when you do mistakes, is uh, a wrongdoing, right? But kids don't really know the severeness in, in the mistakes they do. Like if you would do a mistake at school or at home, it might be a punishment or it might have a consequence. Here, we still play soccer. It's for fun. It's fine if, if the other team scores a goal in one way, you know. It's not the end of the world. But yeah. for, to them, it's like the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. So it's like more like a lack of severeness. At least in our case, this case. Because, like, yeah, like you just said, if you make a mistake, yeah, move on. It's move not, on. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, this is, we're here to learn. They're still young. They're still developing. So right. we're here to learn about the game. And everyone makes mistakes. So it's not even that big of a deal. I mean, when we do it, like, when we play and we do it, mm -hmm. it's, you know, like, oh, man, I messed it up. Yeah. You know, but you still kind of go back at it and try your best even better, right? Yeah, to make up for it. Make yeah, up for yeah. it. But you don't really see that at the at the girls. They're young, obviously. Yeah. But it's also our job somehow to motivate them. There's a lot of time left. We're still in the game. Yeah. We still have a chance. You know. And also, something like if we make a maybe just like a bad pass, maybe it's just a misplaced pass. Right. Goes out of bounds or something. There's an easy pass. Then, or it you know it's intercepted or something. Then you move on with that because that happens all the time, time in soccer, right? Yeah, there are always gonna be misplaced passes and changes of possession and stuff. So that's not you may be upset that you didn't make that pass, but that's not a big deal. It's easy to move on from. The only time where like us when we're playing that we may really hang our head is if we you know maybe make some sort of mistake that leads to a goal for the other team. Yeah. Or if we miss a goal that we probably yeah. should have scored or something. Then that's when we, we may, you know, really be upset about it. We may come back to the players, say, hold your hand up and be like, my bad, guys, that was my fault. Uh, but even then, we know, that's like the worst it gets. Even then, we know, okay, we can move on from this. It happens to even the best of us and uh, just got to make up for it. Especially if it is very obvious mistake. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, you miss the ball, or you slip, yeah, or yeah. You, you know, they just grab the ball easy from you when you when you try to dribble and they go and score. 
it's you it's your fault yeah and that looks bad and yeah. you you take that and uh, decide what to do with it yeah and, and um, this weekend our keeper made a blooper made a mistake and she started to cry and cry and cry it was kind of hard to get her to be positive get to get them to understand understand okay it's not right yeah um but it happens yeah. it happens and it will happen more and i know and i'm sure that it even happens to the best for sure for sure we know it yeah always we, we've seen it mm. welcome to Oz, Koch, and King, King Soccer Podcast, Podcast Show. Show. Last week we talked with Yudo Haman. They gave us a good glimpse of how it is to be a soccer player, his background, and the excitement of the new Asvenskan and mm-hmm. why it's so good this year. Mm. And they had the first round this weekend. Yeah. And they played Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And uh, Haman with his Hammerby team played against North Shopping away. Yeah. North Shopping is a really good team. Mm. And I think you said, didn't you say that uh or maybe he said it, that they might be cha- biggest challengers yeah. for the title? Contended? I said that. I right. said it. Yeah. They've, that's what the uh the experts, experts are say, saying yeah. and uh, North Shopping won 2-1. Two yeah. 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 And Yilon Hamad had assist in this game. Yeah. I bet they are still disappointed that they lost, but at least there was a point or a good, good performance, performance. decent performance against the tough team, tough team away yeah. to the tough team as well. So games like this are really showing sometimes where you stand. Even though it was the first game, even mm. though it was the first game, right. it can show like the level or you know, okay, this is how far we are, or this is what we yeah. need to work on. So the I bet the first three four games were kind of setting the tone of understanding more how ready they are yeah. for the season yeah. because I mean you have all these preseason which is every, every league in the world every team goes through a preseason Yulon's told us that his preseason went pretty well yeah. uh, for the team and for himself personally but then once it's always good to have a good preseason to get yourself somewhat prepared but once the actual season starts it's certainly different from preseason it's uh yeah it's a big difference yeah, right yeah the preseason doesn't really show what level the teams are in mm. like you have the champions cup in u.s which is like a preseason tour for the big oh, yeah, massive yeah, yeah. Right. teams in europe to that they are coming to u.s but the level uh, or the pace in those games are not really yeah preparing that much especially for the uh biggest players the top starting 11 and the top substitutes because they may only play like half the time anyway exactly and they're bringing a lot of you know youth players fringe players in that play the other half of the time another big team that played against each other this week in Alsvenskan was EFK Göteborg against Manma FF mm. oh. and that's uh, I can tell that's a big one that's, that, a, that's two pretty I mean we talked about how uh there are several teams. How competitive Alsvenskan is. How there's several teams that you know can compete with each other and contend with each other. And so right off the bat, I mean, we've got North Shopping Hammerby, yeah. which we're trying to make clear two solid teams. And then Malmo, Malmo has probably been the biggest team of the last few years. Right. And uh, Gothenburg, another big team. Exactly. Yeah, like... Exactly. So the, the excitement was huge. Yeah. And the game ended one one. I guess it's a you know it's it's a solid start for both teams. 
you know, they didn't drop to, you know, they didn't lose at least. Yeah, especially for, as Mamo was the away team, weren't they? Yes. So especially for them that, yeah. uh, to start away against a tough team. Yeah, I take that point. I take that point for sure. A point that I take is Örebro, Eskom. They won. They won the first game nice, at home nice. against Yon Shopping Sadra. So that's three important points, right? To start off with. The top of the table right now. Immediately. Right? Immediately. <laughs> if they, exactly. So, you know, we, we hope it lasts until the end of the season, right? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Why do you think I'm going to root for it, bro? No, I hope you are. What team are you cheering for? I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Oh, come Maybe on. Maybe I'll man. cheer for. I'm not going to cheer for Mama. But <laughs> oh, well, I mean, you can cheer for Hammerby, like Charlie yeah. Davis. Yeah, Hammer, that's true. That's true. Also, Yiluan. I'm true for him. Uh, maybe. No, I'll probably refer to her. I'm just joking. There I'm you joking. go, man. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Although I do like, I've said before, I do like, uh, I don't know a ton about them. I do like I Oyako. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's A-I-K for us English-speaking people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do like their jerseys. So. Kerry's trying to say is is so many teams to choose between. Yeah, that's true. So it's kind of hard, and uh, I really hope that you're on my side on this. Yeah, man. I'm probably I'm going I'm going to refer to it. What happened with Atlanta United? They uh, this past weekend they played on Friday. First came back from the you know, the World Cup qualifiers around the world, and this was I would say their toughest test so far. So far, yeah, of the season. What I think it was just the fifth game, fifth, fifth game I believe for the fourth maybe something like that. Um, but away to reigning champions, MLS Cup champions, Seattle Sounders. Uh, I gotta say something, man. Go for it. Go I gotta it. say something. Really nice jerseys. Who? Seattle? Seattle. Hmm? I, it's very different, right? Yeah, that's true. It's true. I, you know, usually green, you have green. red and black, you have blue, some like a lot of dominant blue or something. Exactly. Or red or white is very common. There aren't a ton of green jerseys. Out it's, there. Like, it's like. Green and then blue. lime green, yeah, and some blue. It's like, yeah, blue accents. Yeah. And they are sponsored by Xbox. Yeah, I find that pretty interesting. <laughs> it, 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 I like the jerseys, man. It was pretty cool. Is is it iconic? Is it for the club? Does it have any relationship to their American football team? Because they have their their jerseys are kind of similar too. I don't think that's why they did it. Because like for the Land United, right? That's yeah. Part of their relationship with the Falcons, that is part of why they are exactly. That's why I'm black. asking. Yeah, I don't think Seattle Sounders is like that though. Um, perhaps Seattle it is Seattle Seahawks. Is Seahawks. Team. I don't think that. I, don't, I think it's just coincidence. Okay, but, uh, I could be wrong about that. That's a good question. They rested Clint Dempsey. So he started did. off the bench. They did. Both teams rested pretty much every player except uh, Seattle had one. Pretty much every player though that uh, played the international games yeah. the past week. So Dempsey, like you said, on the bench, started on the bench. Atlanta United started Miguel Almiron on the bench and mm-hmm. Carlos Carmona on, Carmona on the bench. Uh, missing Joseph Martinez, who was injured. The key players right now. Key player. He was top scorer yeah. up until this point. Not anymore. But that Gressley kid, man. Gressel, yeah. He's, yeah. Gressel, yeah. He, uh, I think he could have gotten a red card a little bit earlier. He, kind yeah, of, but, uh, yeah. Uh, I think he's kind of promising though. He's a box to box player. Yeah, really he does is. really good. Yeah. I'm impressed. He's a rookie too. That's what they yeah. say, right? Oh, yeah. It's a rookie from Germany. Although I think he went to college here. But yeah, tough game. Both teams had some pretty bad giveaways. Yeah. Especially in the first half. But it was entertaining game. Ended up 0 0. 
both like uh, they start off the bench, but next like, Dempsey Yamiron, Carmona came on eventually, and uh, Kenwin Jones as well. And for... Atlanta was the team that were closest. I mean, Clint Dempsey had a good header on Pretty the post as soon as he start came as on soon the as field. he came in. You saw, <laughs> I saw. You know, as soon as he came in, it was a, like a free kick, and yeah. I just looked at Clem Dancing. No one picked him up. He just went up in there and headed that ball on the post. But other than that, it looked like Atlanta had a lot of semi-good chances, yeah. but also like one or two. Yeah, but in the second half, they had like one or two chances they could score. Kenwan Jones could have easily... Yeah. He yeah. should have scored that last yeah, one. Yeah, he probably should have. Or maybe made a pass to the side. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that would have stolen the win for Atlanta right at the end. Also, Almiron had a good chance and nice shot that he pretty much shot right at the keeper. It would have been a goal if he picked either side. I'd say once Dempsey came on in this game, mm-hmm. um, that kind of changed it. It was pretty even. I think the flow kind of shifted towards Seattle. Yep. But they had a lot of half chances. But Atlanta... Still, you know, defended well and still, like you, like we just said, could have won it. Had the best chances at the, by the end. It's a zero-zero wrestle and one point for Atlanta, which is, you know, it's really good end of the day yeah. for a new team. I mean, after, after, sorry, up until this game, as great as Atlanta United was, even you and I, yeah. as we're so hyped for the team, but we're got to try to put a little bit of suspect perspective, say... Uh, you know, they played Minnesota, who's been awful. Yeah. They played Chicago, who's down to ten men, and exactly. is pretty bad too. Exactly. Uh, so and New York, the first game they lost. Right. But it was the first game, so I'm willing to give that. So this was their real first, or their first real real test, and I'd say they came away good. I've read a lot of uh, a lot of people are saying, a lot of fans, even Seattle fans, are saying. No, Atlanta's showing to be the real deal after yeah. that after that tie. I saw I saw some interesting things and tactical too in this game, which is totally on Tata, the coach. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's very interesting what they did. Um, when the central defender has the ball and gets pressured by two players, the other central defender runs around and becomes like a defensive midfielder and gets that ball in between. Hmm. Um, oh, I see. Like through the path. Or, yeah. So that happened once or twice, and then they all, all, all of a sudden started the kind of the attack like that. Um, that immediately takes out those two, those two pressure two. players. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And um, you know, on a team that is new in the league, it's Minnesota United, and they had a tough start. They have like oh, three losses. Yeah, and blowout losses. Yeah, Blow, big, big uh, losses. Yeah. Uh, they played this weekend. This as well. weekend. And uh, played at home, only their second home game. Good support for them. I think 30,000, 35,000 people uh, up there in Minnesota. And they finally got a win. Their first win in franchise history. And it was a convincing win, too. After all these you know blowouts that they've been taking, <laughs> yeah. they finally get a win. And it's like a nice, solid 4-2 win. 4-2 win. Against what, Salt Lake. What we take out of this game was the Salt Lake's keeper that... Yeah. Oh man, I don't know even what he was trying to do there, man. What was he trying to do there? Oh man, what Nick Mondo, who, full disclosure, is actually a good keeper. Okay. Really good keeper. Uh, played a lot with the U.S. national team. But, man, during this game... He I didn't mean, show it at all, dude. I know, it didn't. <laughs> uh, he, like, the ball was, like, bouncing somehow, and he was way out of his box. And he tried to control it. Which, sure, but he tried to control it with, like, a Cruyff turn. Yeah. With the ball bouncing, like, five feet in the air first time, and he just didn't control it at all. It was like, <laughs> wasn't it, wasn't it like, he got a touch on it, 
then it bounced and naturally our keeper would maybe just kick it yeah just just get it out of there he tried to do it like a Cruyff and get yeah. it out of I thought the other side of the player and the player just took it and went and just hit that I mean that was uh, <laughs> that was also like a free one to Minnesota yeah, with that goal like that. yeah um, that, that's not easy no it's not easy for let alone a goalkeeper it's not oh. easy for like a striker or a midfielder I remember when I was young and our goalie did something like that and he could just suck the entire motivation of the team out mm. you know and then you, you really need to have optimistic players to kind of change it. Yeah. Something similar happened in Italy this weekend between Pescara and Milan. Mm. And we have talked about Donnarumma, this 17-year-old kid that is unbelievable goalie in, uh, for Milan. Yeah. He's really top level. And during this international break he got the chance to start for the first time with the Italian national team yeah. and performed on the bench even though it was a friendly game he got the chance yeah. and rightly it, so yeah and in this game the captain Pelletta was pressured and he had a pass back to Donnarumma but it wasn't really a pass on the ground, you know? It had some air to it. Mm. And uh, Donnarumma tried to, with a one-touch, take it down. Yeah. But he missed the ball, and he went into the goal. It's on right over his foot, right? Yeah. A blooper. A mistake. Yeah. Unfortunately, a mistake. And uh, I read somewhere that he has gotten a lot of negative talks about his mistake that he did. You know, before this, he was spotless. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. There's like nothing to almost complain about. Yeah. But now he got a lot of. I hope people aren't like saying Don Ruma shouldn't play for Milan. He shouldn't play for the Italian national team. I hope no one's going that far. Not, not that far. Okay, good. not that far. <laughs> but it was more like a like. It was more like uh, he still he still makes mistakes. He's still a junior. I see. I see. He's still not a top level. Ah, uh, yeah, I see. You know. Uh, kind of downplay all his achievements and what he's done before just in that one mistake yeah and, and you you know if you see it on the replay you know it's understandable that I mean I mean he made the mistake sure yeah but uh, it was I guess like you said it was a little difficult to control the ball cleanly but I mean it's one mistake it happens, it happens. that has nothing yeah. to do with his immaturity mm -hmm. or anything. nothing nothing yeah, so no. I was like oh, you, oh this guy's kidding me that's man. just a freak yeah that just happens I mean, some, someone that is good with his feet as a goalkeeper is Manuel Neuer yeah. he's kind of known for like being a backup defender yeah Sweeper keeper. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of like where soccer goes towards, you yeah, know? Sure. They pass it back to the keeper. He's so comfortable. He can pass it back, eat, you know, left, right, in the middle, without any hesitation. Joe Hart is another one. Yeah, Ter Stegen. It's pretty risky. I think it's a little risky. Uh, it's, yeah, I hear a lot of people complaining about it nowadays that goalkeepers really just they get the ball just booted forward get it away <laughs> yeah. from, as far away from their goal as possible but with this new generation like you said they're almost required to be good with their feet they do uh, and it can be risky you see it it pays off at times it's a high risk but high reward but once it once it doesn't come off they it normally ends up in a goal <laughs> for the other team <laughs> I mean yeah and someone that really kind of started with this I think was 
Valdes with Barcelona. Oh, sure, yeah. Barcelona, I'd say, was definitely the team that's that's the forefront of this goalkeeper's being, you know, like an extra defender. Yeah, Yeah. passing back to him and kind of build something from that. But even Valdes has done mistakes. And I don't know if you saw this last week Hmm. when Middlesbrough played against Manchester United. There is a ball that he's going to basically... He had controlled it and everything. He's just going to kick it away. And as he's going to do it, he kind of slips. He <laughs> <laughs> slips. And Antonio, Antonio Valencia, he just comes and grabs that ball and just scores an open Watt goal. Man. I mean, thank you for that. Oh, Valdez there with a slip. Would you believe that? Tucked in by Antonio Valencia. A punch of the air, job done for Jose Mourinho. It's a nightmare for Victor Valdez. Tough on Steve Gibson and Middlesbrough. But that's game over. So, so cruel for the home side. I tell you what, he's not the first player that's noticeably in with Negredo working as a three. Something to work on, I think, for Middlesbrough. Well, there is the full-time whistle. It is a landmark 600th Premier League win. For Manchester United. <laughs> I already, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I already realized. <laughs> uh, oh man, what a slip, huh? Yeah, man. Uh, that was a brutal laugh. I'm sorry, but um, sometimes it happens. It does. It does. You know, it just just like stuff happens. You know, not much you can do about it. Mm-mm, mm-mm. What a slip, though. Experienced goalkeeper like Valdez. You still make mistakes. Yeah. Who else do we know? Who else do we know? Oh, man. There's, like, so many bloopers every year. It's kind of hard. There's always, usually revolving around goalkeepers, too. There's always some really funny slips or something by goalkeepers. Can I tell someone? Yeah, what do you got? Um, This is a player that kind of got famous for becoming a very notorious for like doing bloopers i mean he was a goalie for a big team mm. but he did it so often so he became a liability or some type of fear or you know not a secure goalkeeper right. yeah. and i'm talking about fabian bartes ah. fabian bartes french player won the world cup and won the euros with france 98 and 2000 was the goalkeeper for Manchester United after right. Schmeichel. Yeah. Uh, I think they had a few goalkeepers in between there, but Fabian Bartes was the big name. The yeah, notable the, one. The, exactly. They came to hold and have clean sheets. As a goalkeeper for Manchester United, he has this one notorious time. I don't know if you remember, but he thinks he's offside. So he just stands there and lifts his hand up and just waits for the... Referee yeah, to call it, mm. and nothing happens. Nothing <laughs> happens. That guy, another team, is uh, just have, has the ball and just Running goes with it, it and just scores an open goal. And he looks like a donkey right there, you know. And uh, what else did Fabian Bartis do? He had a couple, man. I remember one time. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Oh, big time, dude. Big we time. Make a segment just on Fabian Bartis. <laughs> we could. <laughs> we could. So many mistakes he has done in his career that kind of gave him that. Label, right? But the biggest was against Arsenal. And, you know, you got to remember, man, at this time, 
the games between Arsenal and Manchester United was like between life and death yeah, almost. Really, yeah. It was so intense. It was pinnacle of, of this rivalry. Big time. It was so important, right? Yeah. And Fabian Barthez in the same game, which is very uncommon. You don't see that often. Mm-hmm. But in the same game, he had two massive mistakes. Two massive mistakes that went out to Thierry Henry that scored two goals. I think I remember this. Yeah. Which which one? Which do you remember both or? Uh, but the one that's clearest in my mind would be he went to kick the ball, clear the ball downfield, and Henry was just near him. And um, I can't remember if he was closing down or not, but he went to clear the ball downfield and he oh, yeah, smashes yeah. it right into Henri, <laughs> yeah. and it goes into the net. <laughs> so, <laughs> Just clearing it to the other Frenchmen, you know, yeah. like the colleagues in the national team. Yeah. And the other one was when he came out on the box and slided, he took grabbed the ball, but... Almost like sl- coming outside of the box, but Thierry Henry kind of came with a foot as well, and he dropped that ball. You know, he lost it. He came oh, out of yeah. his hands, yeah. and Thierry Henry just had one touch, and then on the open goal, man. Yeah, just took it from him. Yeah. So Barthez kind of made it pretty well for me. For me at least, Barthez kind of became like a secure goalkeeper not a secure goalkeeper and what a big difference it has in teams mm. like you always say uh, Manchester United didn't have a really good team until Van der Sar kind of came in and was such a big role and secure goalkeeper mm. and you know we talked about this how the importance of goalkeepers you look at De Gea you look at Courtois you look at Czech you know, you look at Buffon and even Donnarumma, like how much of security and confidence yeah. they're giving to the team. Yeah. But we also know when it's the opposite. Right. I mean, remember when Arsenal had uh, Almunia, mm, yeah. for instance. Yeah. You know, I mean... Uh, Didn't what? inspire a ton of confidence. Nah. No. No. It wasn't that much of like, okay, we trust all goalkeepers that much, so we have the guts to move forward yeah i've i remember i've played with goalkeepers uh even recently just the past couple seasons yeah uh in the adsl um where so good so so reliable right like so even if if we you know made a mistake and we had a player they had a player the other team Mm -hmm. had a striker running clear through on goal Mm -hmm. even then i was like (laughs) Okay, I feel confident that okay. he's going to make yeah. a save. I feel confident oh, that we're okay. That's a luxury, right? <laughs> it is. That's it a is. really good... It is definitely a luxury. And I'd say that's what all the big teams have, these secure goalkeepers that are confident. And then you have the opposite side of it, where you don't have such a world-class or secure, really good goalkeepers, which gives such a lack of confidence, obviously. It kind of gives insecurity in the defenders, and you can kind of see in the midfielders that they don't really dare that much to go up. Yeah, and it almost puts more pressure on them, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 definitely more pressure, and they cannot really relax as much. Uh, I think somehow Galacticos kind of knew, okay, we have seen Ike Casillas have these amazing spider saves, you know what I mean, like crazy saves. But if the keeper is not someone 
the entire team is kind of standing behind, mm-hmm. then you have an issue, obviously. Mm. There, there are also teams that have a really hard time to find that number one. Yeah. That, yeah. like, really number one. Yeah. And United had that for tons of years before Van de Sar came in. And Van de Sar was a bit shaky in the beginning, but became one of the legends of goalkeepers at United yeah. and they were very quick to get De Gea in yeah very quick getting mm-hmm. De Gea in you know they had I'm sure you remember the times with Carroll Tim Howard you know even yeah. Fabian Barthez yeah and there were a few that they tried but didn't really work out mm-hmm. can you come up with another team that had this type of issues well, with goalkeepers well I can think of one that I remember very fondly. Okay. And it's World Cup 2010 in South Africa. And England and the United States are in the same group. And they play each other in the first game. And it's definitely the two biggest teams in the group. I remember here in the U.S., we all, even during the draw, we all couldn't wait to get in. We hoped that England would be during in our group. Yeah. And then they were, and there was so much excitement, and we couldn't wait to play England. And going into this game, England was a team that was, you know, going through the same situation that you just described. They didn't fully have a, you know, goalkeeper they could trust, or they didn't know any goalkeepers they could trust. You know, David Seaman had left a while ago. Yeah. Uh, Paul Robinson was goalkeeper at 2006, I remember. Yeah. You know, they didn't know if they should, if he should be the number one full-time. They had David James David before. James, yeah. And he, he, I think he still played at the time, but he was kind of getting up there. Okay. Um, and so they went with, for this first game against the U.S., Robert Green. I remember Robert Green. It was a lot of controversy when they picked him. And so keeping the situation in mind, it definitely gave me, you know, a little bit of hope going into this will be a tough game. I always love the news once your opponent is, like, facing questions and, you know, a bit unsure of themselves. So yes. I loved hearing that news. Yes. Um, and I remember, yeah, I think it was... Robert Green, David James, he was a big in the conversation. And I think uh, Joe Hart was in it as well. I think so too. Joe Hart was on loan or at Birmingham City at this time. Mm. And this is right before he got uh, transferred City. to Manchester City and yeah. that chance. And we know but, that uh, afterwards, Joe Hart has since become yeah. the number one, sure number one for, for England. And today they don't even question it. Not him. even question, no. right. Uh, but at the time, they questioned Joe Hart, David James, and Robert Green, I think, were the two biggest. Which one should start? Mm-hmm. In the end of the game, they went with Robert Green. And great game, but Robert Green ended up 1-1. And Robert Green... It was destiny, man. It, it was. was. It was It was meant <laughs> it was. to be. Like I, I think even... Uh, I watched the game, obviously, too. Mm. Because uh, after, after Sweden and Turkey, you know, if they play... Is usually England. England, yeah. You know, England is the top teams that me and my friends used to watch. And against the US was kind of the same. But it was like, this guy makes so many bloopers. This guy makes so many mistakes. <laughs> you know, he, he's not really, you know, that stable in the back. What's funny is, I remember, I can't remember for, I think it was the second half. So after this, because this blooper happened in the first half. The second half, I remember there's an instance where... Josie Altador had the ball. He picked up that ball on the left side and then just blew through the England defense. <laughs> what? I remember this so clearly. It was so. I was like, oh, go Josie. He's so fast and powerful. He just blew down that left side. He came into the box and fired a shot mm. that 
Robert Green saved and mm. pushed off the post, and it was like a pretty good save. Nice. So it's like he made this such a nice save nice. afterwards, but earlier once Dempsey picked up the ball, twisting and turning in the middle, yeah. and then it just seemed so like hopeful. Well, there wasn't even any conviction behind Dempsey's shot. It, it was, was just it, so, not too hard either. No, it wasn't at all. It's was just like he just swung his foot at it. Exactly. And the ball just rolls to Robert Green. Kind of, <laughs> he just. You know, he just has to kind of pick it up. Yeah. But he hits his, like, underarm. He came at it at, like, a weird With, angle, yeah. too. Yeah. Bad timing into it. Hits his kind of underarm up over his shoulder. It just goes past. Goes past in. Yeah. I think. <laughs> I was thrilled. You know, you were thrilled. And I remember that this will be a moment in this World Cup that a lot oh, yeah. of people will talk about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Dempsey, one of the stars of the Confederations Cup. Testing Green again, oh, what an error! What an awful moment for Rob Green and for England! Presented Clint Dempsey with an American equaliser! Take some getting over. Robert Green, a fatal slip, and suddenly the USA are on terms. Incredible. Because in all the games that he's played, you know, he's just looked solid. He's just looked solid. That sort of stuff has been. You also talked about Paul Robinson, dude. Mm. You know, um, I don't want to be too mean for against England here, but. Paul Robinson was the goalkeeper before yeah. Robert Green. Yeah, he and was then, at 2006. He was the goalkeeper for that World Cup, I remember. He was, exactly. And uh, Paul Robinson was... Uh, I think he had a really good season with Blackburn. You know, he has been doing really good job at Blackburn Rovers. And Tottenham as well. And Tottenham too, yeah. exactly. He got a transfer to Tottenham as well. And um, around this time, he... This is 2008. He got the real chance in the national team during McLaren's time. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously, it's one of the biggest opportunities in his career, right? It's one of the biggest moments as a soccer player to present and play for your nation. And I think the pressure got him a bit. Yeah? Yeah. But it's a fine line. That's what's fascinating in soccer. It's a fine line, you know? Like... Uh, but was it his mistake or is it like, you know, bad luck, if you may say, bad luck? Mm. Or is it lack of concentration? Is it lack of skills? Or is it that the ball just rolls on the ground and rolling, 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 rolling? And as soon as Paul Robinson is going to hit that ball, he just bounces up from the turf yeah. and he just hits in the air and just goes in. Is that bad luck? Bad skill, or is that just oh. meant to kill his career? <laughs> <laughs> that definitely, I, I remember this. This was against Croatia, exactly. And the uh, qualification, right? Euros, yeah. Yes, and we know by the end, uh, England didn't qualify for the zero, so big, you know, big shock. But that was just luck, bad luck. 
I yeah. mean, like you said, the ball was rolling. Rolling. The back pass from Gary Neville. <laughs> yeah. The ball was rolling, rolling. just so, so smoothly. And yeah. There was no bouncing, no bobbles at all. Perfect roll. Perfect right roll. before it gets to his foot. It just hops like <laughs> six up. inches. Like, almost like the ball was just completely trolling him. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a prank on him, yeah. right? <laughs> and it just, above his foot, it goes in, you know? Like... Oh, are you kidding me? Man. I, it's hard to kind of blame him for it, but end of that qualification, England didn't make it. That, I mean, that's a tragedy for England. Oh, yeah. There was one more incident that they kind of blamed that he did a blooper in a very important game against Russia. Yeah. And uh, I think Pavlochenko scored that goal. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't blame him. It's a hard shot. He just had a rebound. Yeah. And, and a Russian Pavlochenko scored. This bad luck or this tiny seconds of his soccer career's life that kind of was the end of his soccer national team career. Let's give it a listen how the English commentators commented this live. Oh my goodness! Oh. Have you ever seen anything like that? England are 2-0 down and Paul Robinson, a goalkeeper for whom everything went right in the first half has missed his kick it will be a catastrophe really at any time but at this moment it might just finish off England here in Zagreb you can actually see Paul Robinson you know, replacing Dob Bobbles here, but as the ball gets passed back, it just bounces over his foot. And you know what that is, Martin? That'll be a Paul Robinson or a, or a Pletty Corsa goal kick, where they've actually made a little dent in the six-yard box to be able to kick the ball from, and that's what it's hit. Well, it has to uh, go down in the record books as a Gary Neville own goal. That won't tell the, the whole story. That's what it said, Martin. I think it's illegal. I don't think it's in the rules that they can actually do things that mark the pitch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, it's goes. It just goes. It just goes. It's just rolling, 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 and then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. man! I mean, it's so unfortunate. It's so funny, but it's so unfortunate. Oh man! It's amazing that uh, uh, when you think about it, that. You know, England's had these great, great midfielders, strikers, right. Gerard, Rooney, Lampard, Beckham, over, say, like, the past 20 years or so. So long. Um, now they have a good security in Joe Hart, but they are so unlucky or unfortunate with their goalkeepers. And what do you think is probably the biggest? I can think of what's probably the biggest or most notable Maybe even more notable than Robert Greene's mistake against the U.S. I mean, this is a picture that I think a lot of a lot of fans that follow this World Cup re- remember because it was a, such a devastating way it kind of uh, interrupted. I was young at this age, World Cup 2002, yeah, and it was like such a amazing joy for one team and such a great tragedy for one team. One team was celebrating. I remember when Ronaldinho scored, he just, you know, kind of 
was shaking his jersey. He kind of throw, took it off and went yeah. to the stands, you know, like because he scored this freaking game so late. Yeah. And uh, and even though England had such a great talent and great quality players, they never really had the opportunity to kind of get a medal, man. Not even like come to the semifinals, uh, quarterfinals, quarterfinals quarter again. Yeah. They seem to struggle to get past this. You know, yeah, and, and, and final hurdle. Exactly. And some of them was like in the penalties. And we're not gonna give the goalie blames, but like just, you know, just the idea of like Paul Robinson, David James, Foster, you have Robert Green, and, uh, and today you have Joe Hart. But before all of that, play, players, you had David Siemens. Yeah. David Siemens. Just Siemens. Siemens. <laughs> yeah, it is. Siemens. Siemens. <laughs> uh, I was like, just become a kid. Um, and of course, we are talking about David Seaman. Yeah. Before, he was the number one keeper in England. He was the reliable one. Yeah, he was a good keeper. Yeah. Arsenal, possibly Arsenal's ever best, best ever yeah. uh, goalkeeper. Yeah. Uh, he was a great keeper for England as well. A long hair, ponytail. The mustache. That's what I was That's too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this was like his last appearance. Even beforehand, it was like his last appearance in World Cup. In 2002, he was too old and was going to retire after. But this a legend, one. yeah. Yeah, he was a legend, right? And uh, and Ronaldinho just went out, right, and uh, was like dancing and celebrating with the team, but the English team was like devastated. Yeah, and you oh, could man. see. I mean, just grab me the free kick, man. It was a far out too, wasn't it? Yeah, I always wondered if he meant to do it on purpose. Uh, I think maybe he did. So I thought maybe hard. he was just going to, you know, try to clip that into the middle. I think maybe he did attempt to shoot it. He really put a lot of pace over it yeah. behind it. Very hard ball yeah, to really be was. to be across for right. the, like, the strikers. Yeah. So, uh, but the placement of that ball, like where the ball came was like, there's no millimeters or anything that from, the, it's like from so close to the post. Yeah, yeah crossbars. Like right under the bar, I think. Uh but Seaman, his positioning was like, that's what was questioned, wasn't it? He kind of Went took out. a little bit step. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he wasn't expecting Ronaldinho to shoot that. So he's expecting to, you know, collect the cross or something, I guess. Uh, the ball just Oof. soared right over his head. Oof. And he's just standing there. Well, Ronaldinho's, you know, dancing and celebrating uh, with his teammates. David Seaman's just standing there, just with this look of disappointment and frustration on his face. I remember... The first time, it was that first time, I think, that I really noticed the contrast in feelings that mm. soccer kind of brings up. You know, I mean, even though I was very young, I could notice the contrast that it showed, you know. One, joy. Yeah. One, more like sadness. And today we kind of look at these mistakes, but we laugh about it because it's been such a long time and uh, some of them looks funny when you look at it but we know also because we have done many many mistakes ourselves when we played soccer that once it happens you just want to disappear 
and I guess I've been fortunate that I'm not in the public eye and has done mistakes like this and I'm sure it was very tough on these keepers once this all happened bless their hearts <laughs> and the thing is this wasn't even uh, supposed to be like an English goalkeeper section right this is just so it's the coincidence that <laughs> yeah <laughs> all these all these bloopers come yeah. from England <laughs> yeah yeah that's it that's it it was not even on purpose <laughs> Ferdinand and Campbell have been the best pair in the tournament so far. Larson, Batistuta, Agahawa, Thomason, they all pose different kinds of threats. They were all tame, but this is different again. Oh, this is this is the hardest they're going to come up against probably in their career. They're not going to play against two better strikers than uh, Rivaldo and Ronaldo. Ronaldinho takes, and David Seaman's call off his line, and Brazil take the lead. Ronaldinho has scored, David Seaman is caught cold. A surprise, surprise goal from the Brazilians. A rueful moment for Seaman. And England must come from behind somehow. And the two most surprised people there, Clive, the goalkeeper certainly, because that got up in the air and carried, that carried it along all the way through the air, and the kicker. He's just playing that, and I don't care. Nobody's going to convince me he's intended. He's trying to play it in the hole, but the strikers to come and have a, a head run or whatever. And he's got something out of nothing. You could just see we had a great view of that from the, the side of the angle we're at. And you could see carrying and carrying, and you thought, David, you've got to shift them feet quickly because that's going. You know, <laughs> soccer really never fails to surprise us. We often get these bloopers. They can be unfortunate, they can be unlucky, they can be, you know, just really stupid but there's always these moments soccer gives us that makes you just you see it and it makes you go wow what just happened okay. did that really just happen yeah. uh with like all these bloopers from goalkeepers and whatnot okay uh but even not even outside of that can you think of anything else like like there, there's a good number it seems every year man so what, what, what you mean something like um not really like a blooper but something that happened it could be a blooper too, be a blooper, but yeah. something that happened that was like something weird outrageous, about, man. Like, yeah, that it's just you would never expect to see. Hmm. Um. Sure, I have one. I have one. This is a couple of years back, uh, maybe more Good. actually, maybe more Good. actually. Um, Liverpool against Sunderland. Hmm. Remember, it was Pepperina that was goalie. Okay, I remember okay. it was Pepperina that was goalie. It was this fan, Liverpool fan, right? Mm. A kid though, not like an adult, a young kid mm. that had a red, inflated, big beach ball. <laughs> okay. Okay, and he was behind the goal. He was behind the goal, right next to the goal uh -huh. in the stands, okay. and. You can see on the replay, right? You can see it on the replay where he throws that ball up in there and punches as hard as he can on the field. And this ball kind of comes like in front of the goal. Mm, wow. and in front of the goal. And, you know, everyone is so focused on the game. The players are so focused on the game. 
And I mean, you often see like I I often see some games with like balloons and stuff. Somehow balloons yeah. just often just make their way <laughs> yeah. out of the field, but no one really pays any attention to uh-uh. it. Often. But this was a bigger one, right? Yeah. So this was a bigger one, a red beach ball, and came in front of Reina, not in front of the goal, but on the right side. Mm-hmm. And the game is happening on the left side. So, okay, so he's it, looking the other way. He's looking the other way. So in, in the players, so uh, suddenly it comes with attack. It comes in across, and it, the ball kind of gets in front of Darren Bent, and he ah, hits that sure. ball onto the beach ball, and it deflects to the right side. Uh, and you can see in the replay that Pepperena follows the red ball. <laughs> While the real soccer ball for the game goes into the net. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and uh, the ref called it a goal. Man, check this out. You gotta laugh. Check this out. Oh, yeah. Sunderland versus Liverpool at the Stadium of Light. Sunderland looking to build on that impressive draw at Old Trafford before the international break. And they got the perfect start. Just five minutes gone when Darren Bent fired them into the lead. Scoring for the fifth successive Premier League uh, game. This striker in a hot streak of form. The deflected uh, cross from Andy Reid into Bent's path and he made no mistake. But we can see on the replay that the red balloon you can see on the pitch there played an inadvertent role in this goal. It was thrown onto the pitch by a young Liverpool supporter. And as Bent's shot comes in, Johnson and Rayner are bamboozled by the balloon. They look to clear the balloon rather than the ball, and Sunderland are ahead. <laughs> <laughs> dude, that's that's legend, man. Oh that's that's the gem, dude. That's How have amazing. I not seen that before? Something like that? Is it something like that? That is perfect. That is perfect. Something that like that? Perfect. I mean, now I'm kind of curious if you have one. Well, uh, what I was going to say, something similar to this happened in no, 2006, I believe. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Something around that. Yeah. But uh, Arsenal... Uh, was playing at home at Highbury and they got a penalty and it was Robert Perez step up to take the penalty <laughs> yeah. and no, no, you, know what you know oh, this is so good uh, Robert Perez stepped up to take the penalty and they clearly worked on this with Henri he went to take the penalty and he just or I think I assume he worked on it with Henri but he went to take the penalty and he just sort of tapped it to the side and he was expecting Henri to run onto it and finish it while it's in like open like tap it aside <laughs> open to a place where a keeper uh, wasn't going to be um but first of all Perez's hit tap he like barely touched it like, it's such a, <laughs> it was almost it. like he completely mishit it oh he missed it kind of <laughs> he did yeah. yeah and Henri just like runs right past it and they look <laughs> and then they stand there and look at each other <laughs> like what the heck while the Dude. defenders clear the ball away <laughs> they oh, clearly tried to man. do some trick penalty. It didn't quite work. What's he done? Well, he pretended to take it and then didn't seem to take it. And the referee's given a free kick the other way. What an extraordinary incident. What on earth was Perez doing? Well... Oh, I see. He was waiting. Wait, he was waiting for Henri. The big thing it happened. That, that was just something outrageous that I remember. That 
Oh my goodness. It was good that they could have like a little bit of a laugh afterwards, right? But that shock though, right? It was such a shock. Such that was a shock. shock to watch this happen. Yeah, yeah. But uh, last year, I remember Barcelona, where uh, I think Nate Messi took the penalty and he, he just did. tapped to the side and Suarez went and he scored. Did. I guess they did it he right. Did. They did it right. But uh, right. <laughs> Henri and Pires, it was so funny to see them miss it. And they laughed about it, laughed about it afterwards, which, which was nice. A lot of surprises happens, right? And they become unforgettable. A lot of mistakes happens and they become unforgettable. And uh, somehow we have the nature in us to kind of focus on the mistakes. You know, there's so much more in the soccer pitch that is good, that is resulting something a long ball then a pass again and then a goal i mean that's long ball is still very good pass yeah but somehow it has become a funny thing to laugh about bloopers and mistakes it looks funny it's unfortunate and it's cruel one way right however i think it's a bigger joke that arsenal gave William Gallas the number 10 jersey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just surprised me right then. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I forgot about that too. <laughs> oh, man. But joke, joke aside, coaches usually goes out and protects all the players, right? They're always either try to get the focus on themselves yeah. or something else. Yeah. But usually or even not almost like 100%, they protect the team and the players, and occasionally they talk something about the player, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I read that Mourinho had a question about Luke Shaw this week, and he said... Yeah, I saw it too. He's like something like, I cannot compare him to Ashley Young, Darmian, or Danny Blind. Uh, I cannot He's- compare... His attitude, his training, or, or something like Luke Shaw isn't ready for Manchester United. Exactly, or something like that. Um, so Ron, uh, Mourinho is like that, even with Schweinsteiger, yeah. etc. But some coaches that are under pressure don't really go out with the entire truth because protecting the players. Mm. But Wenger maybe can go out I will never do it but I'm just saying what if Wenger went out and really told like spoke his mind yeah. spoke his mind like yeah. you, you, you we have this player here he doesn't do this he doesn't do that I mean it will look very odd right but Trapattoni did something like that or exactly like that when he was a coach for Bayern Munich 98 mm. right yeah yeah uh, this was big news I only recently found out about it myself, but this was big news at the time in Germany. And uh, this is probably one of the things he's most remembered for. Yeah, probably. For yeah. By German fans. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Once he just went out after a press conference, a loss. I remember it was a lo- or I remember reading. It was a loss to Schalke. They just lost to Schalke. And uh, he just went out. And oh my god, <laughs> oh, he was man. so brutal and so cruel, and he was like hanging out the players, the names, how bad they are, how not fit they are, how they have lost the touch with their soccer 
sense and they're not playing for yeah. the, themselves, for the, for the fans, for the club, and you are coming to me and blaming me. You gotta blame the players. They're not playing. And what amazed me is uh, this was you know, this was in German, right? These German press conference. Uh, we've seen it. We've seen it with subtitles and translated subtitles yes. and stuff, so we see yes. what he say. Yes. But uh, this was not even German's not his first language. He's not, and, and clearly he wasn't. It was pretty broken German. It wasn't the best German. Mm-hmm. His mm-hmm. grammar and whatnot. But uh, even so, so it's kind of funny in that regard. But even so, it was you know broken German. So it wasn't. It's not his first <laughs> language. So right. so. It's kind of funny in that regard, and we've watched it in subtitles. We've seen it in subtitles of English. But even if you have no idea what he's saying, despite that, just the passion, the anger, anger. The, the intensity he gives off, you can still kind of get the sense of what he's trying to say, even if it's not the best German. Uh, and uh, it's, he, it's just remarkable that he's still able to get his message across. I mean, he yells, he... He shows with his body language how mad he is, mm. but I think Tapadoni goes down in the soccer history as the first and maybe even the last soccer coach ever that has ever speaking the truth on what's in his mind. That's he really said the whole truth there. He didn't hold any punches. Nothing back. No, not Nothing back. Even though we might not understand exactly what he says, we maybe can understand the feelings behind his yeah, words. Exactly. And with that, we want to finish the Oscotch and King Soccer Podcast, Podcast show. show. And this was our twelfth episode, and we can't wait to be back again for the thirteenth next week again with you guys let's listen to the truth that Giovanni Trapattoni says at this press conference hey do goodbye bye bye hey do <laughs> play it play it now stelle mir die frage wenn hören auf ich dich leckt in meine wörter bitte Es gibt den Moment, diese Mannschaft, wo einige Spieler vergessen ihren Profi, was sie sind. Ich lese nicht sehr viele Zeitungen, aber ich habe gehört viele Situationen. Erstens, wir haben nicht offensiv gespielt. Es gibt keine deutsche Mannschaft, Spiel offensiv. O dinami offensiv wie Bayer. Letzte Spiel hatten wir in Platz drei Spitzen. Elber, Janka und Ziegler. Wir müssen nicht vergessen, Ziegler. Ziegler ist eine Spitzen mehr Mehmet und mehr Basler. Ist klar, diese Wörter, ich möglich verstehe, was ich gesagt habe. Dann, offensiv. Offensiv ist, wie machen wir in Platz. Zweite, ich habe erklärt mit diesen Weichspieler nach Dortmund Blauch, vielleicht als Zeit der Pause. Ich habe auch andere Mannschaften gesehen in Europa nach diesem Mittwoch. Ich habe gesehen auch zwei Tage der Training. Ein Trainer ist nicht ein Idiot. 
Internet sei, sei, was passiert im Platz. Es gibt die Spieler, die zwei oder drei, die Spieler waren schwach wie eine Flasche leer. Haben sie gesehen Mittwoch? Welche Mannschaft hat gespielt Mittwoch? Hat gespielt Mehmet? Oder hat gespielt Balder? Oder hat gespielt Trapattoni? Diese Spieler beklagen mehr als Spiel. Wissen Sie, warum die Italienmannschaft kaufen nicht diese Spieler? Weil wir haben gesehen, viele Male zum Spiel. Aber gesagt, sie nicht spielen für die italienischen äh, Meisters. Struz. Struz ist zwei Jahre hier gespielt, sein Spiel. Ist immer verletzt. Was erlaubt Struz? Letzte Jahre Meister geworden mit Amman, äh, Neriger. Diese Spieler waren Spieler. Er war Meister geworden. Ist immer verletzt. Hat gespielt 25 Spiele in dieser diese Mannschaft, in diesem Verein. Muss er respektieren die anderen Kollegen, haben viel nette Kollegen. Stellen Sie den Kollegen die Frage. Haben keine Mut an Worten. Aber ich weiß, was denken über diese Spieler. Müssen sagen, ja, ich will Samstag, diese Spieler müssen sagen mich, es sei Defense, müssen alleine das Spiel gewinnen. Müssen alleine das Spiel gewinnen. Ich bin müde jetzt, der Warte dieses Spiel, der Verteidiger dieses Spieler. Ich habe immer die Schulde über dieses Spieler. Einig Mario, einig andere Mehmet. Strunz, ich spreche nicht, als gespielt nur 25% des Spiel. Ich habe fertig. Wenn ich es klar frage, ne? ich kann Worte wiederholen. Ne?